Your Google business profile is fundamentally one of the most important marketing assets in your entire business. It's a gateway for getting found by prospective customers online who are looking for a business just like yours, a realtor just like you in your local marketplace. However, your Google business profile, for as great as it is, comes with a lot of technical, frustrating challenges that are highly irksome. And so today's video is designed to help you overcome some of those situations. Like for example, you lost your verification status and you don't know what to do about it. Or your account suddenly got suspended and you have no idea why. Or you've got legitimate reviews that your customers are legit writing for your business that Google won't publish. What do you do to overcome those challenging, irksome situations? That's the focus of today's video to help you move forward, overcome those issues and crush your local SEO to get found by more customers. Welcome to This Week in Marketing. My name is Jason Pantana. I'm your instructor and I'm really glad you're here today and I'm excited to help you move forward with some of these challenging annoyances. If you're new to the channel, please make sure to tap that big red subscribe button and hit the little bell right next to it to get notified whenever we publish videos just like this one designed to help you market scale and grow your business. So without further ado, let's dive into our topic today, overcoming the common technical challenges, irksome, annoying stuff that happens with the Google business profile. Let's dive in. Issue number one, your legitimate customer reviews aren't being published. So what happened is you send a customer the request to leave you the review. You had no idea they actually did leave you the review and you reached out later on because you hadn't seen the review come in and you're like, hey, could you leave me the review please? And you asked again, they're like, we did. Jason, we left you the review. Here, we can show it to you. And that's the tricky part because they can actually show you screenshots of their review that they left you, but it's been unpublished. And so you can't see it. Only they, the creator of the review, can see that content. You, the business owner, cannot see that content because for some unbeknownst reason to us, Google thought it was spam or something like that. And so it filtered it out. Google has a pretty big challenge on their hands. They're fighting back a lot of spam, illegitimate, inauthentic reviews all the time. And they do this by way of an audit made a review filter called their Google bot that is constantly scanning reviews of all profiles everywhere looking for spam. And the trouble is it's wound a little too tight right now. So it often misidentifies legitimate reviews as fake reviews and it unpublishes or filters them out. And that's what's happening to your profile. It could be happening for any number of reasons. It could be that you sold somebody a house, they moved halfway across the world, left you a review from an IP address that was halfway across the world. And Google's like, that's not a local review. That's not a local cost customer, you're not a local business, filter it out. It could be something like that. Or it could be that you suddenly got a bunch of reviews one day and it was sort of a, a, a different pattern than was expected. And the bot was like, we think you bribed people. We think you paid them off to leave your reviews. These can't be real. Or it could be something like they use a name like, hey, Eric was awesome to work with. And Eric might be a team member, but not the name of the business. And it starts seeing language that seems like it's inaccurate with what the business profile says about itself. And so for whatever reason, it filters out the review. If you're dealing with reviews getting filtered out, there's a couple of things you can do. And I'll tell you now, none of these are surefire guarantees, but they can certainly help. The first is, you're probably sending people your custom link to leave you the review. It's a link that Google provides to you as your intake link for getting the review. Instead of sending customers to that link, what you can instead do is actually run a Google search for the name of your business and then copy that URL that's actually in the search query perimeters in the URL and send them that as if they themselves Google the name of your business organically and they then scroll down on the Google business profile listing. It's called the knowledge panel and they tapped write a review. The 
idea here is that it's not you asking for the review. It's the customer voluntarily leaving you the review on their own volition. There was no prompting. So if Google suspects you're kind of pushing or coercing people into leaving the review, this sort of keeps you out of that mix, so to speak. That's one possible solution. However, if you still have ongoing issues, you should submit a ticket through Google Business Profile Support. You can do that by going to business.google.com support. You can do that by going to support.google.com slash business, fill out the ticket, and then let Google get back to you and help them resolve the situation of your reviews getting filtered out. Now, while I know this is super frustrating and you're working so hard to get those reviews, don't let it tempt you to stop trying to get reviews. There's going to be some kind of a churn whereby you ask for reviews and some of them may get filtered out. I know it's frustrating. I know that it is, but keep going. It's a numbers game to some degree and we're playing the big picture. So keep asking for reviews. Make it a part of your transaction to close process. Issue number two is can I or should I use my brokerages, my office's address as my physical address of my Google business profile? What's the best practice here? If you feel like perusing Google's bylaws, you'll discover a section within that talks about multiple individual practitioners operating out of a single shared office space. And it uses examples of law firms, doctor's offices, and real estate firms, for instance. So every agent, for instance, is presumably an independent contractor operating, hanging their license at that particular broker address. So the question is, should you as an agent, for instance, use that address? And the answer is yes, you should. It's intended that you would because Google understands that there are individual practitioners doing business jointly and individually out of one common address. Now I'm going to give you my two cents on something that's a little bit maybe controversial, and I'm going to ask you to listen with a grain of salt. In real estate in the US, for instance, it's typically required in all forms of advertising to use the name of your brokerage in the name of the advertisement. And I'm not gonna give you any legal advice here. That comes down to your real estate commission laws. There's rules that you have to follow. However, if you actually read Google's laws, Google's rules, and they're not the same kind of governing rules per se, but if you look at what they say, they would tell you that the name of the actual office, which would be you know, ABC Realty, for instance, should have its own Google business profile. And if I'm Jason Pantana doing business as an agent affiliated with ABC Realty, but my actual license with the state is Jason Pantana or something like that, then my business profile should be named Jason Pantana and should not use ABC Realty in the title. Now, again, you're gonna have to talk to your broker about this because this comes down to a real estate commission advertising consideration. And I'm not here to give you advice on that. I'm simply saying there is a bit of a disconnect and here's the reason why. Because what Google doesn't want to happen is for someone to look up the name of ABC Realty and because every agent at the office is Jason Pantana comma ABC Realty, then our profiles start ranking instead of the actual profile of ABC Realty. It has to do with who has the most location authority. So think about it like this. When you set up a Google business profile, you feed Google a bunch of what I would call main data. This is the data by which Google verifies your profile. It includes the name of your business, the phone number, the website domain, and it also includes that physical mailing address. That's main data about your business. That's the unique identifiers Google uses to recognize, oh, this is that agent and that agent and that agent and that agent. They're all at the same office, for instance, but they're all different agents. It's not based solely on, that verification isn't based solely on just the physical address, 
That's one data point. It's that plus all the other data points. So if you start using the name of the actual office in the title, that's when it starts getting a bit murky. And really the disadvantage is to the brokerage because they're the ones who are getting muddied down in the search results because all the agents and their firm are kind of squatting on their name and the SEO behind that name. Now, one more thought for consideration. If you've ever gone to Google Maps and done a search in Google Maps for best realtor near me, and you notice it drops a pen in a certain location, and then you zoom in, and maybe it's an office, and more pens suddenly start to appear. The pen that shows first is the one that Google deemed to be the most of authority, the greatest location authority for that specific search term. Google evaluates the ranking of a Google business profile on three basic broad variables. It looks at relevance, prominence and proximity. Those are the three big things it looks at. Relevance has to do with, hey, are the keywords and what the person searched for on Google within this profile or the website that's attached to the profile, is it relevant in that sense? Proximity has to do with that physical mailing address or the location of the search. And then prominence has to do with Google's understanding of how well known a business is beyond just that Google search on their website, even offline sources as well. How well known is it? And so when you think about getting your profile, like a lot of folks would say, hey, I'm concerned if I use the same address as all the other agents in my office that I'm not going to stand out and I'm going to get lost in a sea of sameness, so to speak, because of that address. And to some degree, that's kind of true. It is because it becomes more competitive. So what do you do about it? You've got to make a lot of content, build your website, build your SEO, gain prominence is the word that Google would use so that Google's like, oh, Jane so-and-so, that agent right there has great location authority for anything around these terms in this area. So that's going to be the pen you would see first. So the next time you like do a search on Google Maps, watch what happens as you zoom in and zoom out. You'll see pens come and go. And those pens are actually a pecking order of SEO and location authority. But what do you do if you don't have a physical mailing address at all and your brokerage is perhaps a paperless brokerage that has no physical mailing address? What do you do? Well, you get a few options. They have limitations, so be warned. The first is you could declare your business as a service area-based business. When you set up your Google business profile, you were presented two options. You have a storefront business with a physical address. That's your better option. That's your typical option. And the other option was, no, it's a virtual business with no storefront. It's a service area-based business. And you would then say, I serve these areas, counties, zip codes, cities, different geographic markers like that. Here's the challenge. If everybody, all your competitors were also service area based businesses, this would be moot. Who would care? It'd all be like a level playing field. But the problem is they're not. Most of your competitors list a storefront. They have a physical mailing address and a service area based business up against storefront based businesses in the world of Google Maps and location will lose every time because proximity is a massive factor. So that's probably not an advisable option if you have any intention of wanting to rank and get found by customers online. So what could you do? Well, you could lease an office. That's an option. Maybe not what you want to hear, but it's an option. You could also do a co-working space. There are some rules and language that Google talks about what is and isn't okay when it comes to co-working spaces in that you have to have certain signage and they might have the verification process might be kind of a pain, but you could consider a co-working space or a third option that's often utilized that I don't really recommend for lots of reasons, however a lot of folks do it, is to use their home mailing address. Now, Google is like, no, no, that's not, that's not right. 
If you have to use a residential property address, then clearly you don't have a storefront. So you should not have set up a storefront-based Google business profile. You're a case study for a service area-based business. However, I know lots of folks who have done it successfully. That's not, I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying you should. In fact, I think it's a massive privacy risk. And I also think you should most certainly talk to your broker, talk to any legal counsel, maybe your board of realtors to determine what is permissible when it comes to getting found with your physical mailing address on your Google business profile. I'm just here to talk about what the issues are and what are some possible solutions for them to help you on your quest to getting found by more customers on Google. Hey, if you're looking to get way more out of your Google business profile, then check out our brand new course, Google Business Boss. It's a comprehensive A to Z approach to dialing in your Google business profile to generate more buyers, more sellers, more business for yourself. The course contains over three hours of pre-recorded video trainings that talk about how to troubleshoot issues even beyond what we've covered in this video here today. It's all things winning on Google local search. Just click the link in the description to learn more. All right, next up, this one's kind of a doozy in Pandora's box, but let's do it anyways. Your Google business profile, either A, it lost its verification status, and now what do I do? Or B, it got suspended and you have no idea why. So what do you do about a suspension or a loss of verification with your Google business profile? First, let's tackle the loss of verification. Usually, and I mean usually, a business profile loses its verification status when you change one of those main data points. For example, we said earlier on, the name of your profile, its physical mailing address, the phone number, the website domain, those are main identifiers. They're the identifiers by which Google verified your profile in the first place. And so if you change one of those, then it's very likely Google's gonna say, is this still verified? We need to re-verify this. And so you simply need to submit for re-verification. You can Google search, re-verify my Google business profile. It's the first link on Google and you submit for re-verification. This typically occurs when you change your address or change brokerages or change the name or something like that. Now, if Google says you should expect to receive a postcard with a new code on it in the next four days or 14 days or whatever it is, and you haven't gotten anything beyond that 14 day, like it's been a minute, we've been waiting for a while window of time, then you're gonna wanna head back to support.google.com slash business. Then you're gonna to wanna to head back to support.google.com slash business, fill out that little contact form again and ask Google directly, pretty much, um, you said you were sending a verification code. There's an opportunity to include images and screenshots, go for it. The more information you give them so they can quickly turn around your issue, the better. Now, losing verification and resubmitting is one thing, getting suspended is another thing. So the broader question is why do Google business profiles get suspended? And the better question is probably why don't they? It'd be a shorter list, presumably. However, it usually does center around the same reasons a profile loses verification. They changed some of their main data. Name, phone number, address, main data got changed. It's just that this time Google didn't think it was okay. This time Google's like, um, we think you're up to something. We think you're trying to game your ranking results or something like that. And so they usually want you to put it back. If this is the case, here's what you have to do. They're going to send you an email letting you know that you got suspended and they're going to tell you to basically put it back. That's what you have to do first. Put it back. Whatever changes you most recently made, put it back. And then there's a reinstatement form you can fill out. Don't fill out that form before you put it back the way it was. I hope that's clear. Put it back the way it was first. However, if you feel like that's not a solution, hey, I can't put it back the way it was. I have a different phone number now. Then once again, we're gonna head back over to our favorite website link, which is support.google.com business. Fill out a ticket 
put in as much information as humanly possible to talk to somebody and get your issue resolved in a timely manner. All right, one more for good measure. This one's been coming up quite a bit lately. Are you getting emails from Google that your Google post violates its community standards? And you're like, I have no idea. What? How did I violate their community standards? I would bet you money that what you did is you included your phone number in the caption of that Google post. Now I know that makes sense because you're like, hey, it's a Google post about my listing. Call me about my listing. And you put that phone number in there, but Google's like, I got you. You're divulging somebody's confidential private information. I got you. And so it thinks you're giving away somebody's phone number on the internet, which you're not, but it's causing it to trip the wire of that community guideline violation. So don't put a phone number in your Google post. And that's likely going to solve the issue you're having if you're having that issue at all. <sighs> that was fun. Lots of technical challenging issues, but you know what? It goes with the territory. When you look at the opportunities of Google, SEO, social media, all of it, they all have massive, rife technical challenges. But when you do the work to overcome those challenges, you do what your competitors are too lazy to do. They're not going to take the time to do that. So make the changes, make the corrections, get things in order and start crushing it on Google. I'm so glad you watched today. Now, before you go, I have two favors. One, I want you to let us know if we solved an issue for you in the comments below. And I also want to hear from you. If you have an issue we did not address, what is it? Let's put our minds together. Let's solve the issues and help you move forward in your marketing. Until next week, this is This Week in Marketing.